we've been talking about clarity, growth, and vitality, right? How many want more clarity, growth, and vitality in your life? And I love the first part of that phrase the pastor's given us, this word from God, that we're gonna experience supernatural advancement through clarity and growth and vitality. What is clarity? Clarity is that ability to see clearly, right? To see clearly. But clarity alone is not enough because I can see something, but if I don't grow, I'm not gonna attain it. I'm not gonna grab hold of it, right? So I, I can see six pack abs. Who just laughed over here? I'm all self-conscious now. I can see six pack abs, but if I don't grow into that vision that I see with clarity, I ain't gonna get it, am I? So once we see it, then growth is about the execution. It's about the stepping into it. It's about doing what God requires of us. That's why we did a goal setting webinar because we don't want you to just see, see, see. We want you to have tools to step into that new future that you can see with clarity, right? Because faith without works is, so you need to see it, but then you need tools to step into it. So you gotta have clarity and then you gotta grow into it. But then growth alone is not enough because when you got clarity and you begin to grow, what do you think you're going to experience? Vitality maybe? And see, vitality is that health, that strength, that W-H-O-L-E, wholeness. The, the word of God says, he desires that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's vitality. And see, when we experience vitality in our life, that's when we become unstoppable. Like our influence expands. We have the energy to do everything God puts in our heart to do. We can see what God sees. We become unstoppable. How many are ready to be unstoppable? If so, say, I. I. Ooh, now y'all are warmed up. I like it. We want to be unstoppable. So let me just push in for a little bit here on clarity that ability to see clearly, okay? And if you wanna see clearly, in order to see clearly, you must have light. Without light, there is no vision. There is no clarity. We've gotta have these lights on or we can't see. What happens if we turn the lights out? Amazing how quickly your eyes can adjust to a little bit of the darkness, right? But if I asked you to run laps around here right now, that might be a little bit dangerous. If I asked all of you at the same time to run laps around here, that would be funny for my position, but probably not so good for you. But the Bible says this in John 8, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, everybody say never. Everybody say never. Will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's not just talking about we're never gonna walk in darkness and sin, right? Because we can tend to, especially if you grew up in church, light, darkness, you walk in darkness, you're a sinner, you're doing bad things. But it's not just that. 
But if you focus the rest of 2019 on staying out of the darkness, i.e. not sinning, versus what if you focus the rest of 2019 on staying in the light and seeing clearly what God sees? Which one do you think we do? Should we stay in the light? Yes. We should stay in the light. And when you stay in the light, the effect is there is no darkness, right? So we've got to lean into, pursue walking in the light. Let me read you one more verse here. Second Corinthians four. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ Jesus. See, made his light shine in our hearts. What happens a lot of times, even in the churches, we want clarity, right? And we're looking out there for clarity. Cam wants to know what God's destiny is for his life. So he sings counsel. I mean, there's scripture to tell you you should do that, right? But what Cam should tap into more than anything else is that God has made light shine in him. In him. All the light that can drive out any darkness, any confusion, any cloudiness, any inability to see the direction with clarity, everything Cam needs to see clearly to turn the lights on has already been placed on the inside of him as a child of God. He is light. The light of God is on the inside of him. Everybody put your hand on your chest like this. Say, it's in me. Say, clarity is in me. I don't need it out there because it's in here. Every thing you're looking for that you want to see more clearly is already in you. 2019 is a year of clarity. In fact, just say that. 2019 is a year of clarity. Pick somebody out, point at them and say, 2019 is your year of clarity. Now, now personalize it. 2019 is my year of clarity. What if this was a year that you saw more clearly than you've ever seen? You just heard a testimony from Becky Sweat. She's hearing God's voice like she hasn't heard it before because she's, she's not just getting clear about what she wants, she's doing the process of growth to push in, right? And, and there's something to be said of being planted in a house for 15 years. Have all those years been easy, Becky? Has there been maybe once, twice where you're like, these people are crazy, I'm out. Maybe, just a couple, okay. I worked here for almost 20 years and I've had a couple, so but there's something powerful about being planted. The vitality, the flourishing that God brings into your life. So let me read, if you want to turn to Acts 22, if you've got a Bible uh, or to be on the screens, let, let me just walk through here a little bit through Paul. Because Paul's journey, his testimony is all about clarity. It's all about the lights getting turned on, knocking them off his donkey. Some of y'all get getting knocked down today. That's all right, you're going to get up again. No, nothing. Knock down, get up. Okay. Nobody's going with me. 
you're gonna get up again. So Paul is all about the power of light to bring clarity. Let's walk through this just a little bit. Acts 22, verse one, brothers, and this is where Paul is recounting his own testimony, okay? He's standing in front of these people and he's saying, hey, here's what's happened. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. He's defending himself. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. So then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are here today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Paul, trained by this impressive guy, he had all all the tools to be a religious zealot, right? All this training. And he did not believe in Jesus to the point that he believed in his way so much that he was persecuting these people, not just persecuting the ones down the street, but he got letters so he could go to other cities. He was imprisoning men and women. He's killing people, even unto death, he said. I mean, he was a zealot at the highest level. Let me ask you a question. At this point in his life, in this point of the story, how certain on a scale of one to 10 do you think Paul was that what he was doing was exactly the right thing to do? Was he on a scale of one, not knowing at all, or 10, he was absolutely certain this is what I should be doing. How certain was he, one or 10? He was 10, 100% certain. He had clarity over what he was doing. He thought he could see clearly in his life and in his destiny and what he was supposed to be doing. And then suddenly, continuing on, it says about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. A bright what? A bright light. What's light do when it shows up? Light brings clarity. He began to see. Now here's the problem. Some of us think we're seeing clearly, but we're not. Isn't it easy to get to a place where, and we've, I've talked about this a couple sermons earlier this year, if we sleepwalk into these certain situations in our life. We sleepwalk into, we're unconscious of just how much we've gotten out of sync from God the Father. And for, for this conversation, we can sleepwalk into being more focused on ourselves, on what we want rather than what he wants. We, we drift, it's just subtle, but we drift into a place of this is about me, not about him. We drift into a place of becoming certain about the path, about the journey. And at about that time, oftentimes, we can just be riding along down the road and a bright light shows up and boom, kicks you off your donkey. There's another name for a donkey. And we have to make a decision at that point. What are we going to do? And so the light showed up and it's supposed to bring clarity, but in this instance, it blinded Paul, right? 
sometimes you think you see it clearly and God's got to blind you so you can see what he wants you to see. Judith had been struggling with chronic pain after a car accident. Wave at everybody, Judith. There she is. For 24 years. 26 years, I apologize. Want to get the story right. And last Sunday, and by the way, the doctors think they knew everything that they, well, they didn't initially, but then you went to some doctors and specialists and they're like, all right, here's what we need to do, right? Judith and David have been believing for healing, but for 26 years, would you say you got used to the pain for a while, Judith? Yeah, she got used to it. But God wanted her to see what he saw. And so last Sunday, pastor prayed over her. And last Sunday, she walked out of here. She stood up in front and told everybody, I am pain-free the first time in 26 years. You better clap and celebrate that. And she sent this text to pastors and I this week, just wanted to share the good news. Since my healing on Sunday, saw a doctor in physical medicine and, a, and rehab on Tuesday and a massage therapist today who both confirmed my muscles were no longer constricted in response to an injury. Only muscle tightness was noted, uh, was normal tension from being more active this week. Words cannot explain how I feel. Woo! Come on! 26 years! There's some things you've gotten used to that you need to stop allowing to be in your life. See, Paul had gotten used to living his life and doing what he thought he was 100% certain about. And then God shows up, shines a bright light and blinds him and says, Paul, you ain't seen nothing. You don't know what you think you know. And I would lovingly say to many of you this morning, and there's certainly areas in my own life. In fact, I was journaling this morning and I saw something more clearly this morning about my life going all the way back to my childhood than I'd ever seen before, by grace of God. So we're all a work in process, but there's some things that you think you see clearly. You think you're certain about it. Maybe it's um, a relationship thing you're dealing with and you see clearly that this is the one or this isn't the one, God might knock you off a donkey this morning. Maybe it's a financial thing and you're struggling and you're trying to figure out solutions and you're praying, but you're also manipulating people to help you. Stop that. Sorry, a little pastoral moment. You guys didn't like that, did you? Stop that. Let it go like Ashley shared with us and actually trust him. People aren't your source. Some, somebody needed to hear that this morning, a little tough love because that, that was nowhere in my notes. That's the Holy Spirit letting you know that's not the way you solve financial problems. You trust him. You think you see clearly over how you're supposed to do this or do that. And God said, no, 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 trust me. You're sitting here in the offering this morning and I'm talking about tithing and giving to God and living generous. And you're like, well, I can't do that until. God says, no, no, I'm sorry. You think you see clear? No, put me first. Put me first in your finances and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. We heard a testimony last weekend with Gary and Joey over here. 
God said, you need to sow this seed. And he was believing for financial increase. Said, we didn't even have the money to pay for food that week. But he heard God's voice. He let it go. And he obeyed. Took a step of faith. The rest of the story was more than a tenfold or hundredfold? Hundredfold return on a seed they sowed. So there may be some things you think you see clearly about that God's saying, I want you to have my perspective. I want you to see what I see. Verse seven, so Paul says, he says, I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Let me ask you a question. Before this moment, who did Paul think he was persecuting? People or God? Who was he persecuting, people or God? Oh, we're split. He wasn't persecuting God. He was persecuting people who were doing something he didn't agree with, who were believing in a way that he did not believe in. He thought he knew what he was doing. He was persecuting people that were coming in against his faith. And God says, no, 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 no. Let me just ask you a question, Paul, that helps you see more clearly. Because he said, I'm the Lord who you are persecuting. It's like, well, no, I'm not persecuting you, God. I love you. I'm persecuting the people who are following this false Messiah. God says, no, 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 I'm the Lord. And he said, who are you, Lord? And in that moment, he began to realize that he'd been persecuting God, not people. His mind, can you mind, imagine how blown his mind was? Probably crushed in spirit because he was a religious zealot, a follower of God, but he hadn't seen the Lord. That's a big deal, people. There's some things in your life right now that are a big deal. And you think you have clarity. You think you know. But can I invite you, like Ashley, to let it go and say, all right, God, I want to see what you see. Maybe you don't see it. I'm going to trust you, God, to receive what you said I could receive, like a healing. I'm going to trust you. God may ask you some questions today that are kind of uncomfortable for you because you thought you knew what you were doing. Maybe you've got this calling in your life and you, you got it all planned out how, how you're supposed to fulfill that. Stages of tens of thousands, social media following, hundreds of thousands, millions. And God might ask you a question and say, hey, are you gonna attend that dream team gathering in two weeks? You're like, no, God, I don't need to do that. Stop it! <laughs> Sorry, I had to slip it in there. Kim just about passed out back there. I got you, didn't I, Kim? <laughs> Listen, stop acting like you know what you're doing. Because you need to, like Becky was talking about, you need to open yourself up to community and relationship and do life with some people and learn some things that you think you already know, but you don't. I love you, but you don't. Ministry is just doing menial tasks. It's about serving. It's about family. So he may ask you some questions that make you uncomfortable today. Can I encourage you? Don't dig your heels in on what you think you know. But open yourself like Paul sets the example. 
open yourself to see some things you've never seen before. Because here's what happens when you're willing to trust God. When you're willing to, all right, light showed up in a way that I've never seen it before. I think I'm gonna follow that. I think I'm gonna trust him. What happens is he begins to unlock your destiny in ways that has never happened before. In fact, let me read those verses. Acts 22, verse 14. I'm gonna read these out of the Amplified. You're gonna like this. And he said, the God of our fathers, this is Ananias talking to him after he goes to the city. And God says, go to the city and Ananias will talk to you. Ananias, he said, the God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to progressively understand his plan with clarity and power. And to see, everybody say see. See, that's clarity. We got to see. And to see the righteous one, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And to hear a message from his own mouth. For you will be his witness to all men, testifying of what you have seen and heard. Clarity is power. When you begin to see clearly, everything changes. When you begin to see what he sees, it unlocks, just like it did for Paul, it unlocked his destiny to change the world. How many want to change the world? How many want to start in your own family, your own home, your own friends? You've got to, you're never going to fulfill your destiny if you don't see what he sees, which starts by a humbleness, a humility to say, God, teach me, show me, light me up. God, help me see the things that I've gotten used to. And instead of living in that place, help me to have faith to step into what you created me for. Because that's the life that you've destined me for. Some of you have been living your lives, acting as if you have the answers. By the way, we all do that, don't we? I act like we look at somebody just with a little attitude and say, you think you know what you're doing. <laughs> and then just laugh at them. Go ahead, fake laugh at them. <laughs> yeah, you no, 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 no. We do not know what we're doing. Stop it. Begin to ask God, God, I want to see what you see. I want to do what you want me to do. Hey, Brian, I was praying here last night. And I walked by your normal chair, which you're off, off point here. You're usually right over here. And I, saw, I just saw you standing here with that cup of coffee. Because every Sunday morning, just about, I shake your hand holding that cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to spill it. But I just, this little word dropped in my spirit for you last night of, you know what? God wants you to drink of him. Isn't it funny how a cup of coffee can lead you to that? But God was like, I want you to drink of me because you've been let down, disappointed, even hurt by religion and people, right? And God said, don't drink of people. Don't let them hinder your faith. He wants you to drink of him. And then the Bible says that when we drink of him, that living water, that then rivers of living water will flow out of us. And so there's this component of, he wants you to see clearly that it's him and not people. And then he wants you to realize that when you get that piece, that clarity, then there's going to be an impact and an influence, influence from your life. Literally rivers of living water will flow out of you for other people. 
You, you may be the quieter one when people first meet you, but there is something in you that God says, you know what, I'm gonna use him to influence other people. And you're gonna influence people that I could never influence. And you're gonna do it in different ways than I would ever do it. But there's a realness, a trueness to who you are. And God says he wants you to, to drink of him and let those living waters flow out of you. So it might make you a little uncomfortable in 2019, but God's gonna use you in bigger ways. So drink up. Now, every time you have the coffee, drink up. You know, and I was walking by the seats where you guys were standing last night and, and I saw you guys and God said, you know what, he's not done. Like the healing was good, but like there was two things. He's not done in your marriage. There's some healing and strength. Even though you guys seem great and everything seems awesome, there's some healing and some strengthening from things past in your marriage. He's not done. And like the way he healed you emotionally, spiritually, he's gonna heal that. And there's gonna be a strength of trust and, and a, literally a vitality in your relationship that you, right now you kind of look back and say, I wish we could have that, like, have it like that. And God's like, no, 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 no. It's gonna be better than that ever was. And then the other one that, I mean, I think it was God, but like it, just in conversation, I even felt this, like ministry is not done yet. Like not even scratch the surface, bro. And here's the specific thing you said to me last night was, it's gonna be different than you expect. Like in your mind, you got this picture of what the ministry calling looks like and how you're gonna be used and just be open. It's gonna be different than you expect. It's gonna be different. Amen. Let me ask you a question. As I read that verse, he has appointed you to know his will and to progressively understand his plan with clarity and power. I mean, that was Paul, right? It goes on here, you're gonna hear it from God's mouth. You're gonna see it right there. Guess what? Good news. Who wants good news? Say aye if you want good news. Aye. He's chosen you. You are chosen. He wants to progressively reveal his word, his will to you to bring clarity in power. He is going to unlock your destiny. What if you began to speak that over your life? God is progressively revealing to Jenny his will with clarity and power. He's progressively revealing his will to me, to Paul, with clarity and power. What if, you, what if this was the year that you began to see more clearly than you have ever seen? It's gonna take a humbleness to say, all right, God, I might not be seen as clearly as I think I am. Was there anywhere in this story, God shaming Paul for not being bad, for killing Christians? Nowhere in the Bible do you find God shaming for what happened in the past. I mean, I think I would be safe to say, has anybody killed any Christians in the room? I don't think, don't raise your hand if you have, but I, I think if I did, <laughs> ain't nobody in that boat with Paul. Stop shaming yourself. Stop disqualifying yourself from being used. Stop saying, well, I, do, I don't deserve it. Stop walking around being used to what you've characterized as punishment. Maybe it was the abuse, maybe it's the addiction, maybe it's the horrible relationships, maybe it's the lack of money and you've gotten used to it because you've made it so in your mind, you deserve that. With all the love of my heart, 
not his will for you. He created you. He designed you with purpose and destiny and calling. And he wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. He called you out of darkness into light. And he wants you to live in that light. One last verse. Paul gets the end. Ananias, after this whole transformation thing has happened, Ananias looks at him and says, now, why do you delay? (laughs) Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins by calling on his name for salvation. The man was blinded for several days. Goes Ananias and he says, I I can see. He receives his sight. I see now. I actually skipped over that verse, but y'all knew the story, so it's good. I see. And right after that, Ananias says, what's the delay? Bro, what you waiting on? You got the light. What are you, what are you waiting on? You, you don't need a theological education. You don't need a position or a title. What are you waiting on? Don't delay. My uh, business coach that I've worked with for a couple years now, he he taught me this and he said, Mark, listen, what will make you successful is if you stay on the edge of courage and action. Let that sink in. On the edge of courage and action. Not back here, like sitting back on my heels, like waiting for something to happen and windows of heaven to open up and God to do it all. But like right on the edge, like, like leaning over on the edge. I see that in this verse. What's the delay? It's time to move. It's time to make a difference. Once you receive the light, once you see clearly. Some of you have been getting healed over the last few weeks and you haven't been telling people about it. What's the delay, people? Start telling that story. Let the word of your testimony get dozens of people saved, healed, and restored. What's the delay? Stay on the edge. Because that's where God does some of his best work is when you're, li- when you're saying, all right, I'm gonna take my next step. Don't, don't think that you aren't ready. What's your name, bro? Like Red, Jack, what's your name? Zeke? Z. Z, just Z. Because it's cool just to have a letter as a name. That's cool, man. <laughs> Z, God wants you to know you're qualified. Nothing else. Like he loves you, you got a plan, he's got a design for your life. But like, what are you waiting on? Like let the light shine out of you and make a difference in other people's lives. Like I, I feel like you like have this sense of like I need to know more or I need to be more perfect. That's definitely there. Like I, I can't be struggling with this or struggling with that. Like it's okay. Nobody's perfect. We're all under construction and God wants to use you. And I think, I don't know, is this environment, like this whole speaking to people like this is kind of different for you maybe? A little bit different? That's okay too. Like, this is just me feeling like God said, like, hey, let Z know, he's ready. Don't need to wait on anything. Don't need to be qualified. Don't need other people to think you're qualified. Just let God use you to encourage other people. Every time you open up your mouth, you're gonna bring encouragement to someone else. You're gonna speak words of life. It's your ministry, man. Like that's ministry. That's what you're qualified for to make a difference. So just be encouraged, Z. I'm gonna keep saying Z because it sounds like cool. 
Like, I feel like I'm cooler if I have, I got a friend named Z. So, it's my boy Z. Listen, what's your delay? I'm wrapping up now. We're done, okay? What's your delay? Maybe today you've been used to some things that you know you shouldn't have been used to, and God has prompted you through this little message of, of asking you some questions of, I want you to, you, you thought you saw what I wanted, but I have more for you. There's a whole lot of people in that boat in this room. You think you're living in what God has for you, and God's saying, I got so much more. Life and life abundantly. You don't have to live in that lack. You don't have to live in that scarcity. I've got more for you. But again, if you don't believe it, you won't receive it. Everything's possible to him that believes.